0: Hello, hello. My name is Ángel López-Sánchez.
1: And I'm Kirsten Banks.
0: And we are the Scientist, uh, I think.
1: The scientists, yeah.
0: Well, that is a cool name that I have never... He will never come back to my mind, for sure.
1: Well, I've always thought that well, we are, we're astronomers, right? We look at the sky, we study the sky... We're scientists.
0: Okay, yeah. Ah, that it is. A scientist. Very, 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 very good. And wh- what, what is this? What are we doing today?
1: Oh, well, we're going to make a podcast to millions of people. We B- like to dream big.
0: Okay, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, will, I was thinking more, perhaps hundreds, luckily thousands, but you're going big, big, into the millions. Of, into the millions, Yes. Yeah. That, that's good. <laughs> that's always very good to, to think about.
1: Exactly. Well, we... We don't go just go to the moon and back, we shoot for the distant galaxies. Not even the stars, the distant galaxies.
0: Yeah, and what it is even beyond that. Mm. Okay, that is um, something that we astronomers actually actually do. Uh, today, it is the 10th of January, 2018. And we are actually in the headquarters of the Australian Astronomical Observatory in Sydney. And we are starting this experiment. We have been doing some few tests before. Mm-hmm. Uh we are very grateful to Tyler Swift for her apparition in a previous test. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. Yes, T-Swift came on in and stole our thunder a little bit, but it was all good fun in the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good and it was, it was really, really, really fun. Um, but uh, perhaps uh, first we should be saying a bit more what uh, we are going to be talking about uh, today or in this podcast. So are we going to be talking about um, horoscopes? Flat moons, or super moons, it doesn't matter, or even
1: aliens. Aliens, oh, Or the flat earth. Flat earth is definitely uh, a very good uh, we are, going, we are topic. We
0: are, we are going to be talking about that for sure. Ghosts oh, yes. and co- 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 multidimensional <laughs> beings. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to be saying that? Or rather, are we going to be scientists, because we are both astronomers, mm-hmm. talking about the real science, about what we are passionate about? Oh, yes. Stars, planets and distant galaxies the universe as it is and what science is starting to reveal it is it is working Mm. so um perhaps also we should introduce a bit ourselves yeah let's get
1: acquainted with our millions of people in our audience yeah
0: for sure so please kirsten tell us a bit about yourself
1: Oh, well, contrary to popular belief, I am not in my PhD at the moment. I'm actually only 20 years old.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you am feeling so old in this moment, at that very moment. And and I will never say that you are, many people will be very, very uh, surprised to know that you are actually not in your PhD with mm. all the knowledge that you already have, or you are a very talented person, you are... Very active in social media and in all these kind of science communication events, and you really know your stuff.
1: Well, I do try to. I mean, the public want to know what science is, and uh, astronomy and space seems to be the final frontier of science. So uh, I want to communicate that, and that's what I do. So I work at Sydney Observatory, I guide people around the museum, show awesome objects in the sky through our various telescopes, and just share my passion to 18 people at a time, but I'm hoping to do it to millions.
0: Millions and millions. Okay, well, that is so important what you are doing, because it is amazing to be able to communicate and to transmit your passion about science and astronomy to people in general, to the general public. And I particularly like to go into the kids.
1: Yeah, the kids are great, aren't they?
0: The kids are great. And it is not because I have myself a almost 5 years old son. And who loves astronomy and very crazy about planets.
1: You've raised him well.
0: Yeah, I'm trying (laughs) to... Hola, Luke, how are you? And uh, not only that, but it is just because I think that kids really have a very curious mind and they really want to know about what they are surrounding us and what is... uh, Not not only stars and planets and astronomy, about Mm. everything in nature. And and we have to motivate them and we have to uh, encourage or, or, the, or that curiosity.
1: Exactly, because like they really ask the big questions which are commonly mistaken for stupid questions but they really are the big questions when they ask these things.
0: Are we going to be asking all these big questions here in the podcast eventually?
1: Eventually, I think we should have at least a few big questions here and there. I'll bring a few from my groups every fortnight.
0: <laughs> that is good, yes. I will also be looking for some more of these questions. I, I always like to say that, that they're not always, that they're never a silly question.
1: Exactly. No
0: stupid questions. They're not a stupid question. Mm. So perhaps they are stupid answers. So oh, yes. Yeah, so I've certainly
1: given a few stupid answers in uh, my time.
0: No, 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 no. And I, I'm for sure, I'm not talking about you. I was talking about other persons and other people. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to start going in that direction. Um, mm. So what else can you tell about yourself?
1: Alright, right, so I'm actually uh, going off not my PhD, as said before. I'm in my undergraduate uh, fourth year at the University of New South Wales, Sydney, studying physics. Surprise, surprise. I love it. It's very challenging, uh, but very exciting at the same time. I also research in Aboriginal astronomy, which is actually a very close thing to myself, because I'm actually Aboriginal myself. I come from a country called Wiradjuri in central New South Wales.
0: Wow! Yeah, we are going to be talking about that too sooner than later because I'm really, really curious and fascinated about all about the garden Aboriginal astronomy, Aboriginal culture in general.
1: Mm-hmm. So it
0: will be my pleasure to be listening to you about all those experiences and ideas that uh, the Aboriginal people had about. Sky, about the sky.
1: Mm, We'll definitely have to have a yarn about it
0: on another podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, um, let me introduce a bit about myself. Now it is my turn. My name is Ángel, which means angel in Spanish. And Yes, I'm an angel, but please don't call me angel. Not only because my wife will be a bit upset, because uh, my name is Ángel. It is pronounced in a different way because... It is the way we pronounce it in in, in, in Spanish. Um, and I'm not going to say in public that you don't know how many problems do I have in Australia because my name is Ángel. Anyway. Um,
1: in fact, I remember the first time we met and everyone was calling you Ángel and then I started calling you Ángel. And now I realize you are Ángel.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I will never
1: call you Ángel again. <laughs> no,
0: but that's that fine. That's fine. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand what. What is the situation with the phoneme G that is so different in these two languages? Anyway, but um, also having two very common uh, Spanish surnames, Lopez and Sanchez, the two surnames from my father and my mother, Um, and an astrophysicist here at the Australian Astronomical Observatory and at Macquarie University, and I do research in galaxies, in nearby galaxies, how they are forming stars, how the gas is processed into forming these stars, and how these stars are um, affecting the evolution of the, of the galaxies themselves. And it is great and having a lot of fun because that's, uh, for this I need to go to radio telescopes and to optical telescopes, sometimes using space telescope data, and try to put all the pieces together to under- understand the puzzle of the star formation in, in galaxies. Beside that, I also like doing science communication. I think it is fundamental. It is very important and that we scientists, that we astronomers, are going to the public and talk about what we love, which is astronomy and science.
1: That's right. Well, what's the point of researching the science if we're not going to communicate it?
0: Exactly. And um, they are not going to understand why we are spending night after night just in the dome of the telescope watching plenty of computers and trying to collect that those data, those photons of light coming from distant galaxies or stars or planets, whatever, and mm. just trying to understand a bit better the the universe. So it's, if, if we are not able to communicate to the general public about why are we doing this, they will never understand it.
1: Exactly. And then what's the point of having stars in the sky?
0: Exactly. Well, to enjoy them, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, they do look that, very pretty. That, 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 that They are very pretty. It is just one of the best in in nature and that is the advantage that astronomy has with respect to other sciences Mm. that uh, everyone loves astronomy
1: exactly you go outside you look up bam astronomy stars galaxies
0: yeah, it's, it's you're it's always surrounded by it. Definitely, and it is uh, also a kind of a joke, you know, When when I or when many some some of us are in in a plane or taking one of these international flights and just sit there for some few hours and you yeah, start talking to. Sometimes to the people that are in your same row in the, in the in the plane, and if you are feeling on the mood of talking, you say, "Okay, yes, I'm an astronomer, I'm an astrophysicist." Oh wow, Where, What? Yeah, are they all what? have so many questions, don't they? Yeah, there are plenty, plenty of questions, plenty of ideas. But if you are tired, you have your things, your you say, ah, "I'm a physicist."
1: What do we do now? <laughs> what do we do now? Conversation <laughs> just have, dies. I'm a
0: physicist. <laughs> no, sometimes, but. but That was in the past. Actually, now, because of all the news that are coming from uh, particle physics and the connection also with um, the astronomy, the gravitational waves, and the theoretical physics, well, people are starting to be, again, very much interested in physics. So perhaps that trick will not work anymore.
1: We'll have to keep energizing physics, so to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, in any case, before we going forward, we have to emphasize something that you were saying a moment ago. Mm. That is about uh, stars that are very beautiful in the sky and that's that right. are for everyone to enjoy them. And we really want to emphasize and to invite all our millions or millions of listeners out there that please observe the sky, go away from the light pollution of cities. And try to choose a night without moon, if possible. Mm-hmm. If, if there is a bit of moon, it doesn't matter. But it's, if there is no moon, it's better if you want to see plenty of stars. And just enjoy the sky. It is wonderful.
1: It is, yeah. Part-
0: Particularly here in the southern hemisphere. Mm. Yeah, I will tell you also the story. The very first time that I saw the sky, the deep sky, in a completely dark place, in the southern hemisphere, no moon in the sky. And I had the, the Milky Way there, just crossing the sky with the center of the of the galaxy just very close in the zenith and the magnetic clouds over the horizon. I cried. Oh. <laughs> it has been the best vision I have ever had in my life. doesn't matter if I was using an amateur telescope or a mm-hmm. professional telescope. It was the vision with my naked eyes Enjoying ours uh, myself in that case, Mm. all the thousand of stars out there, and that the sky was not dark; it was gray because of the many stars and the Milky Way. Wow! I was so amazed. So please don't, never look, uh, never lose the possibility of going and enjoy the the sky and the uh, and a starry night and trying to. You know, sometimes even find yourself out there
1: between mm. the stars. Yeah. Actually, speaking of uh, experiences with the stars, a bit opposite to what your experience was on hell. I went out to <coughs> Uluru with my parents. Uh, Dad booked the tickets, not me. If I'd booked the tickets, I would have known not to go during a full moon. Oh. But we went for a uh, a star dinner talk sort of thing similar to how we do it at sydney observatory with a laser outside Mm -hmm. but we were having dinner um and i was so excited it was in november the the milky way would have been right across the horizon just setting as the sun goes down and what do you know there's a big fat full moon up in the sky and it looked exactly the same as it does here in sydney well i
0: hope i hope that at least it wasn't a Blood moon or a <laughs> super moon?
1: <laughs> I don't think it was, but <laughs> it looked pretty super by itself. Yeah,
0: of course. When <laughs> you are completely in the in a dark place and you have only the, the, the full moon, it doesn't matter if it is a bit bigger or a bit as, a smaller. It's still it, magnificent. It is. It is magnificent. Yes, uh, it is very, very nice. But of course, you cannot see all the dim stars out there. Mm. Okay. So, um, what is going to be our first? Topic. What are we going to be talking about after that we have introduced ourselves and just invite our listener, millions and millions of listeners, <laughs> to enjoy a night sky?
1: Ah, oh, what should we talk about? Should we start big and go for something like black holes, or should we start fun and talk about something like the flat Earth?
0: Ah, oh, no, come on! I, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling prepared today to be talking about the flat Earth. <laughs> Maybe is
1: in a certain frame of mind to talk about the flat earth. No, no. The
0: thing it is that I recently was uh, talking to uh, in in another podcast uh, that uh, that uh, we do in in there in Spain, and I'm inviting sometimes to participate, and, and and it was part of the of the theme that uh, that episode to be talking about the craziness idea, the crazy idea of the flat earth, and and. Um, I don't know if you saw a tweet or some uh, information that started a couple of weeks ago Mm. saying, one of the things that is saying the flat earth, Australia doesn't exist. It is also a myth. What? It is there in the web page.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure we exist. We're here. Um, I can film. I can... Phil uh, chats in Australia, yeah,
0: yeah. I was uh, starting to have plenty of jokes around in, in my spanish twitter um tweet followers saying, Oh, you are an actor, you are actually not there um whatever <laughs> yeah uh, the, the the funny part is Australia appears in their symbol <laughs> so whatever uh, no 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 no, not today, no let's go to okay. to fl- fl- to flatter so uh, if you prefer and if you have the other topic that you have randomly chosen to be black holes
1: yeah let's start big let's start this is big. a big topic to it, start with Um
0: some time ago i remember i was in also interviewed for another thing and 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 again again i got the question what is a black hole how can you explain easily what a black hole is and why are they important and i was thinking okay why why again <laughs> I would like to be talking about, you know, how the solar system is working or dwarf planets and all the exoplanets we are discovering and galaxies, how galaxies, small galaxies merging together and forming larger galaxies mm. and so on and whatever. Again, black holes.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, the black holes have this sort of aura around them where it's just like, they're scary to so those who don't know much about them. They seem scary.
0: Yeah, perhaps, perhaps you said that. Perhaps that is one of the reasons because as we don't understand them that well because of the properties they have that we can actually see what is happening there.
1: Yeah, we can't necessarily see a uh, black hole. It's just a black,
0: black of and sky.
1: a hole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that then people can start... Thinking about or putting their own hypotheses or or ideas about Mm. what may happen inside a black hole.
1: Or things like if you go into a black hole, do you come out the other side through a white hole?
0: Yes, something like that. Or perhaps, uh, you know, aliens. Aliens. (laughs) Put aliens (laughs) here. Put aliens, aliens here. (laughs) (laughs) Big sign.
1: Well, I definitely the most common question I get when I'm on a tour about black holes is what happens if you go into a black hole? I'm sure we all know about spaghettification.
0: Yeah, yeah. But can you please um, go a bit farther away? Because uh, it is uh, an interesting word that I'm actually not sure if I'm able to pronounce properly in English. (laughs) Spaghettification.
1: Spaghettification.
0: Spaghettification. That was was pretty good. Spaghettification. Okay, I'm going there. I'm going there. Yeah.
1: So, Black holes. They've got a lot of stuff in them, right? Yes. We're not really sure what the stuff is. No. But they've got a lot of stuff.
0: Th- they have, yes. Right?
1: So they have lots of gravity. Their gravitational pull is very, very strong. And for you and I, we know that gravity acts in a radial direction, an inverse radial direction. So for our listeners, millions of listeners, basically, uh, how, should we imagine, how can we imagine this with our voices?
0: Without voices, well, it's, it can be a bit uh, challenging. Perhaps just uh, imagine, you know. Um, sometimes when I'm trying to explain the the, the 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 black hole things, and also starting with that idea that is very dense object, mm-hmm. so it is not only that you have the mass there; yeah. it is also that it is confined in a very very small place yes so if we for example i think and if 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 i remember properly if we put all the mass of the earth in uh, a grape or something a bit smaller it's a bit smaller a marble something like that then there it is we have have a a black hole
1: hole. yeah so the earth could be a black hole
0: yes well we need a a big machine that is able to compact uh, the earth to you know and everything that contains into that small thing.
1: Into the size of a marble. Yep. <laughs> Might be a little hard.
0: Yeah, pr- probably. Maybe we hard. shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, aliens will be able to do it. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll leave it to the aliens. Okay, well, to let's, take let's, care let's, of that. <laughs> let's go
0: to be serious because it's starting to be a bit too. <laughs> um, so, so that is at the end just uh, a black hole. A black hole, it is an object that is so massive or so, and so dense mm-hmm. that uh, not even the light.
1: Yes, like a key. massless object.
0: Yes. So, um, what when I'm giving a talk and I'm asked about what a black hole is, I always try to do the experiment of, you know, taking the first thing that I'm finding in my pocket, usually in my keys, mm-hmm. and throw them up and say, well, if if I try to put these keys up, they they are going to fall down because we have gravity. And yeah. That's what you were saying before, gravity is just radial here in the Earth because it is not force of gravity is not very 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 strong at right. least if we compare uh, to a black hole but if we are able to if, if, was, if we are able to put some velocity to the keys that I seem to remember it was around, around 11 kilometers per second but I don't remember if it, that is a escape
1: right velocity
0: something like about that then we are able to put the keys around the Earth, orbiting the Earth Mm. in some way, because uh, they are escaping from the gravity of of the Earth. Not exactly escaping from the gravity of the Earth, because for our um, listeners that know a bit of physics, they should know that still gravity is reaching to the distant, distant universe. So even though...
1: It goes to zero at infinity.
0: Exactly. Mm. It is zero at infinity. The most distant galaxies are still affecting us here in the Earth, but of course... The contribution of the galaxy is completely negligible it is yeah. zero point many 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 many, many zeros <laughs> and a crazy one in some moment yeah so if you go to an object that is more massive let's say jupiter or the sun then you need more velocity yeah. you need a, you need to put these keys in a <laughs> velocity that is even even higher to put put the keys around the, that particular object but you can't continue doing that because if you get an object for which the escape velocity it is equal or larger to the speed of light, mm-hmm. then the, the keys will represent the light. So the light that is emitting that object is actually going up and coming down again
1: mm-hmm. to that
0: object. Because not even the light can escape the very powerful gravitational pull that is um, that the, that the black hole is. Mm, I think we, that,
1: should, that. we should definitely just clarify that you're saying pull, not suck. Because a common misconception with black holes is people think that they suck things in.
0: Uh, because they are usually, the analogy that it is, I think, that uh, in general, and even us sometimes, put to the black holes, also with the movies and science fiction, mm. it is when you have this whirlpool that you create in the bus stop. That yes. is something that is going there. Though, so it, you are going there and it, it is going to be sucking into uh, the drain. Yes. But that is not what is happening to actually a pool, mm. the decapitational pool that is, everyone is experiencing. Because you and me, right now, we are mm. feeling a pool. Yeah. Because that is gravity. It doesn't matter yeah. how big you are or how small you are, you are. You have mass. If you have mass...
1: You have gravity. You
0: have gravity. And that is also a typical misconception that uh, we we see many, many, many times in in general. Yeah. Uh, To say, no, the the apple is falling into the earth because it is attracted by the earth.
1: Mm But really, the earth can be attracted to the apple as well.
0: Exactly. And that is actually what happens. The problem is that the movement of the earth is, again, zero point, zero, 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 (laughs) many, 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 many many zeros. (laughs) And then going to this small one. Mm,
1: That's right. So the Earth has the bigger gravitational pull, so the gravitational pull between you and me on Hell is we don't feel that.
0: No, we so don't feel. We feel, feel that. more we, we attracted
1: don't. to the Earth.
0: We don't feel that. We oh. don't feel that, of course. So, but we we, we feel so the main contribution? It is actually the, the Earth, yep. uh, the gravitational pull of the Earth. Uh, so, what what else are you usually asked about black holes?
1: Um, well, like how the spaghettification thing works. Ah, yes, works. you were
0: going to explain yeah. that, and then we we'll are <laughs> starting talking about other things. Okay, that's good, that's good. Well,
1: now that we have the idea that gravity, well, we have the idea of gravity, um, so the intense pull, not suck, of a black hole, if you were to go in feet first, the gravitational pull on your feet would be much stronger than the gravitational pull on your head, and so your feet will be pulled in faster than your head would. So you would get... Strung out like a long piece of spaghetti.
0: Okay, and that is the meaning of the word spaghettifei. Spaghettification. There we go. Spaghettification means that at the end you are going to become an spaghetti, a very big spaghetti with all your, not even the atoms, or in some way, very, very, very long line.
1: In fact, I talked about this just last Saturday on a night tour and a little girl said to me, oh, so would you be the spaghetti and your blood would be the sauce?
0: Oh. Right. oh. <laughs> okay, that is an interesting question. That's
1: exactly what I said. <laughs> and then we moved on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good, that's good, yeah.
1: Kids kids they so yeah, have interesting minds. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Good. Um and and what else? Because um another question that perhaps we are receiving from time to time it is um are all black holes the same way, the same size, or mm. do, do do they have the same properties?
1: Yeah. Can we get different types of black holes? Well, the answer is yes. Oh, definitely, yeah. yes. <laughs> we know that very well. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we know that very well.
1: Indeed. In fact, I had a, a Twitter follower of mine, it's named Sean, I think, uh, sent me a question it's like can we get different sizes of black holes and i went and did a little bit of research and found out yes we, we most certainly can most people know that at the center of most galaxies you have a super massive black hole but we also have small ones too
0: yeah there are only a
1: few solar masses so that,
0: that that have been um for for many years the, the way of classifying black holes so we have the small a stellar that we call black holes, which are actually we have not said that, are actually the remnant of a very massive star at the end of uh, the life of a massive star usually larger than 30, 30, 20, it depends on the models, at twenty-five, thirty times that the mass of the sun, you get a supernova explosion. And the the remnant of the of of this star it's actually still so dense that it collapsed by its own gravity forming one of these objects, a black hole. And these are what we call the stellar black holes that have been usually estimated that they only have few solar masses. Mm. These, these are the ones that have been also been disco- discovered using X-ray radiation and so on. Because yeah. that is the way. That is the other question that we usually have. If they are black,
1: can we see them?
0: How can we know that they're there? Exactly. Yeah. How can we see them?
1: Well, we have different light, just like you just said.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I just started to say the X-rays because that is one of the tricks to detect mm. these objects. And not because the black hole is emitting uh, light. It is because many stars are actually double stars. And mm. one of them be- become to be become uh, a black hole. Yeah. In and fact,
1: there's a great one. I think it's called Cygnus 1A. Uh,
0: X, 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 X1, that's right. X1. X1, yeah. X1, because it was actually one of the, the, one of the, no, the very first stellar black hole that was confirmed.
1: Wow! Oh, cool. That one there you learn something the, new every day.
0: In the Cygnus constellation, yep, yeah. and that is actually uh, one of these um, compact binary objects. I think they're actually called, in which mm. you have a black hole. And a star that is around it, and the black hole is sucking. In that way, it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in it sucking. It's sucking the the material from the, uh, from, the from the from the other star, mm. and it is creating a, a, something that we call a accretion disk. And that is starting to be so hot that it's emitting light. Yes, we can actually see that part in mainly in X-ray. That is a very energetic radiation. These mm. X-rays, and um, with that. Um, we have been able to first to confirm that the black holes, the stellar black holes, actually existed. But these are not the only black holes up there. You have already mentioned the supermassive black holes mm. that particularly I have seen them, many of them in many of the galaxies, if not all the galaxies that I have been studying. So it's just... So there. they're definitely there. They are there. We have one in the center of our Milky Way, I mm-hmm. think. To remember, twenty-eight thousand light years away. It's more uh, center, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. F- um, and it is around two and a half, three solar, a million solar masses.
1: I don't know if I refer to my tweet.
0: But um, oh no,
1: it's not in my tweet. Never mind. Uh, well, but it's it, a lot of solar masses. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it,
0: it is, uh, for sure, at least two million or so, around two. Oh, here
1: we go. Four million. Four times. millions. There four. We go. Th- th-
0: well, yes, So four million times. Uh, the mass of the of the sun, mm-hmm. but again, it's still, this is some relatively modest supermassive black holes.
1: Yes, because we're not quite, we're not a very big galaxy. There are lots of bigger galaxies out there.
0: Very, very big, big galaxies having even bigger and bigger supermassive black holes. Mm, In the other,
1: s- one would say they're super, supermassive super, black, super black holes.
0: Supermassive black holes. of these are, well, 10 to the 9 solar masses. And 10 to the 9 are... Uh, billion a billion billion solar masses so that is a very dense compact object in the center of of galaxies and and, they are also very important to understand galaxy evolution but perhaps we would talk about that in in another day so we have these two big categories uh, but they are still very unknown Mm. we still don't know for sure how supermassive black holes actually are formed and how they are evolving Um, and also if there is something in between so do we have the intermediate mass black holes Mm. out there luckily there are some investigations and some research have been conducted in the last few years that actually are starting to detect candidates of black holes with some few thousand solar masses that are filling wow. the gap between yeah. one and the other and the funny part it is that many of them of the few of them that have been detected are in dwarf galaxies or in galaxies small spiral galaxies but not in the center in the outer mm-hmm. skirts meaning that they are probably the remnant of a dwarf galaxy that have been eaten
1: oh, by the larger galaxy huh.
0: so yeah it is it we are starting to, to, to see that. Mm. Um, and, of course, if we are talking about black holes, and particularly the equation, the way black holes merge together, we have to go to the big news of the last couple of years. Oh, my goodness, yes. Which is? Gravitational waves? Gravitational, gravitational waves. The detection of gravitational waves as, uh, as the result of the fusion, of the merging of the two stellar black holes. Mm. And but it was tricky at the beginning at the beginning because the very first detection, the public detection of the of a merger of two black holes, that was the big legal announcement in yeah. September twenty sixteen. Yes, going yep, to be two right. years ago, the yep. next month, that wow. the, the the masses of the black holes involved were thirty, thirty few solar masses. And they were a bit skeptical at the beginning because as, as we said, uh, massive stars, when they very massive stars, they explode and create a supernova, and then the remnant become uh, a, a black a hole. hole. Yeah. The the models are only predicting not some few solar masses, not and quite thirty, not <laughs> some tens. Yeah. And but after that, the other events that have been detected to gravitational waves, and Talking about black holes, not the two neutron stars merging, that mm. is another thing.
1: That's another thing we can talk about later. <laughs> yeah, we will talk
0: about that in another moment. So these the black holes are being more or less in that, in around the tenth. Mm. So that might be indicating the idea that actually stellar black holes are able to merge. Yep. And merge together to be able to form this
1: bigger, bigger black hole. object. Yes.
0: And perhaps from there we can go and extrapolate to even larger, larger and um, Black holes.
1: Well, I mean, it's like galaxies combining.
0: It's like galaxies combining. You get
1: bigger galaxies. Yeah.
0: But there is another problem because some models, the, the models of galaxy evolution, are not able to predict forming small stellar black holes that, in just few million years, mm. are going to be able to form galaxies with supermassive black holes that we are starting to detect. In quasars, very very far away, even yeah. at very distant, very distant uh, galaxies, in the moment that we call the uh, reionization of the universe, because it was when the first stars were born. Mm. So it is increasing also the idea that perhaps even after the Big Bang, during the process of the Big Bang, some some way black holes were created. And these are wow. called yes, these are called um primigenial black holes, I think. Primigenial black holes. Yeah. Um sounds like a good name. Yeah, but it's, and and even there are some people that have proposed that these might be candidates of dark matter. Oh. So th- it is a very interesting topic that we are starting actually to go to go there.
1: Mm. Awesome. I think we've covered black holes pretty well today. What do you think, Angel?
0: Yeah, I think that we have said some few things, but mm-hmm. not all. Because about the last thing that I said, actually, there are many more coming soon. Because there have been some few papers, scientific papers, mm-hmm. submitted recently about arguing about these possibilities. If, if perhaps primordial black holes, primordial, mm-hmm. primordial black holes, that was the word, primordial black holes, are candidate of dark matter or not. But we can leave that for the next episode or for the future.
1: Stay tuned. Uh,
0: stay tuned.
1: We are the scientists. We'll see you next fortnight.
0: Okay. Uh, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the sky, of course. Don't forget that.
1: Look up and clear skies.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye.